Bahabuchukotai, the power of a curse. The book of Vayikra draws to a close by outlining the blessings that will follow if the people are faithful to their covenant with God. Then it describes the curses that will befall them if they're not. The general principle is clear. In biblical times, the fate of the nation mirrored the conduct of the nation. If the people behaved well, the nation would prosper. If they behaved badly, eventually bad things would happen. That is what the prophets knew. As Martin Luther King paraphrased it, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Not always immediately, but ultimately, good is rewarded with good and bad with bad. Our Parsha starkly sets out the terms of that equation. If you obey God, there'll be rain in its season, the ground will yield its crops and the trees their fruit, there will be peace. The curses, though, are almost three times as long and much more dramatic in the language they use. But if you do not listen to me and carry out all these commands, then I will do this to you. I will bring on you sudden terror, wasting diseases, and fever that will destroy your sight and sap your strength. I will break your stubborn pride and make the sky above you like iron and the ground beneath you like bronze. I'll send wild animals against you, and they'll rob you of your children, destroy your cattle, and make you so few in number that your roads will be deserted, your land will be laid waste, and your cities lie in ruins. As for those of you who are left, I will make their hearts so fearful in the lands of their enemies that the sound of a wind-blown leaf will put them to flight. They'll run as though fleeing from the sword, and they will fall even though no one is pursuing them. There is a savage eloquence here. The images are vivid. There's a pulsing rhythm to the verses as if the harsh fate that would overtake the nation is inexorable, cumulative and accelerating. The effect is intensified by the repeated hammer blows. If after all this, if you remain hostile, if in spite of these things, if in spite of this, the word carry key to the whole passage is repeated seven times and it appears nowhere else in the whole of Tanakh. Its meaning is uncertain. It may mean rebelliousness, obstinacy, indifference, hard-heartedness, reluctance or being left to chance. But the basic principle is clear. If you act toward me with Kerry, says God, I will turn that same attribute against you and you will be devastated. It's long been accustomed to read the Tochacha, the curses, here and in the parallel passage in Devarim chapter 28, in a low voice, Bekol Namuch, in the synagogue, which has the effect of robbing them of their terrifying power if said out loud. But they're fearful enough, however they are read. And both here and in Devarim, the section on curses is longer and far more graphic than the section on blessings. This seems to contradict a basic principle of Judaism, that God's generosity to those who are faithful to him vastly exceeds his punishment of those who are not. The Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, he punishes the children and their children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation. Rashi does the arithmetic. He says it follows, therefore, that the measure of reward is greater than the measure of punishment by 500 to 1. For in respect of the measure of good, it says maintaining love to thousands, meaning at least 2,000 
generations, while punishment lasts for at most four generations. The whole idea contained in the 13 attributes of compassion is that God's love and forgiveness are stronger than his justice and his punishment. Why, therefore, are the curses in this week's parasha so much longer and stronger than the blessings? The answer is that God loves and forgives, but with the proviso that when we do wrong, we acknowledge the fact, express remorse, make restitution to those we have harmed, and then repent. In the middle of the 13 attributes of mercy is the statement, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. God doesn't forgive the unrepentant sinner because were he to do so, he would make the world a worse place, not a better one. More people would sin if there were no downside to doing so. The reason the curses are so dramatic isn't because God seeks to punish, but the precise opposite. The Talmud tells us that God weeps when he allows disaster to strike his people. God says, woe to me that due to their sins I destroyed my house, burnt my temple and exiled my children among the nations of the world. The curses were meant as a warning. They were intended to deter, to scare, to discourage. They're like a parent warning a child not to play with electricity. The parent may deliberately intend to scare the child but he or she does so out of love, not severity. The classic instance is the book of Jonah. God tells Jonah the prophet to go to Nineveh and tell the people in 40 days Nineveh will be destroyed. He does so. The people take him seriously. They repent. God then relents from his threat to destroy the city. Jonah complains to God that he's made him look ridiculous. His prophecy hasn't come true. Jonah has failed to understand the difference between a prophecy and a prediction. If a prediction comes true, it succeeded. If a prophecy comes true, it has failed. The prophet tells the people what will happen if they fail to change. A prophecy isn't a prediction, but a warning. It describes a fearful future in order to persuade the people to avert it. That is what the Tochacha is. In their new book, The Power of Bad, John Tierney and Roy Baumeister argue on the basis of substantial scientific evidence that bad has far more impact on us than good. We pay more attention to bad news than good news. Bad health makes more difference to us than good health. Criticism affects us more than praise. A bad reputation is easier to acquire and harder to lose than a good one. Humans are designed, hardwired, to take notice of and rapidly react to threat. Failure to notice a lion is more dangerous than failing to notice a ripened, tree on a ripened fruit on a tree. Recognizing the kindness of a friend is good and virtuous, but it's not as significant as ignoring the animosity of an enemy. One traitor can betray an entire nation. It follows that the stick is a more powerful motivator than the carrot. Fear of the curse is more likely to affect behavior than desire for the blessing. Threat of punishment is more effective than promise of reward. Tierney and Baumeister document this over a wide range of cases, from education to crime rates. Where there is a clear threat of punishment for bad behavior, people behave better. Judaism is 
a religion of love and forgiveness, but it is also a religion of justice. The punishments in the Torah are there not because God loves to punish, but because he wants us to act well. Imagine a country that had laws but no punishments. Who would keep the law? Everyone would choose to be a free rider, taking advantage of the efforts and law-abidingness of others without contributing himself or herself. Without punishment, there is no effective law, and without law, there is no society. The more powerfully one can present the bad, the more likely people are to choose the good. That is why the tochacha is so powerful, dramatic and fear-inducing. The fear of bad is the most powerful motivator of good. I believe that being warned of the bad helps us choose the good. Too often we make the wrong choices because we didn't think of the consequences. That's how global warming happened. That's how financial crashes happen. That's how societies lose their solidarity. Too often people think of today, not the day after tomorrow. The Torah, painting in the most graphic detail what can happen to a nation when it loses its moral and spiritual bearings, is speaking to us in every generation, saying, Beware. Take note. Don't function on autopilot. Once a society begins to fall apart, it's already too late. Avoid the bad. Choose the good. Think long. And choose the road that leads to blessings. Shabbat Shalom.